0: Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us in what is in fact the 30th year of the show. You know, back when we started, the critics thought us mad to attempt such a project. Well, they're not laughing now. (laughs) This week... (laughs) This week you find us in Sheffield, a fine city whose history is inextricably linked with steel. The first recorded reference to steel products is found in the works of Chaucer, who mentions the famous Sheffield Twittle, an ancestor of the modern penknife. With a super-sharp blade and immensely strong retracting spring, Chaucer describes its constant use by a pilgrim, one Edwin the Fingerless. (laughs) (laughs) In the reign of Henry VIII, Sheffield was chosen to supply sets of silver plate for his household. In those days, the term cutlery meant only spoons, which explains the derivation of Her Majesty's exclamation to staff, which to this day is used to begin all royal feasts. Oi, where's my fork and knife? (laughs) (laughs) But a stone's throw from this very theatre is the Wilkinson Memorial, dedicated to Sheffield's most famous razor manufacturer. During the city's annual Safety Blade Festival... (laughs) Revelers flock there to enjoy the custom of decorating the statue's face by sticking tiny pieces of tissue to it. (laughs) Behind the memorial lies the National Museum of Shaving Requisites, where visitors can inspect a large collection of traditional shaving brushes, or stroll in the grounds where they'll find shivering Europe's largest domestic herd of bald badgers. This area is known as the Peace Gardens, a place of tranquility favored by weary souls. But that's not the only place in Sheffield where seats are provided for a quiet, undisturbed half hour snooze. Let me introduce the teams. On my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Taylor and Linda Smith. And making herself comfortable on my left hand, please welcome our lovely scorer, the delightful Samantha. Okay, let's get started with a round called New Meanings. Teams, I'd like you to suggest some well-known words for which you've identified some brand new meanings. Barry, will you start, please?
1: Beatitude, pose adopted by an insect prior to pollination.
0: Linda.
2: Hustle bustle. 19th century curb crawler.
3: (laughs) Tim, cap size, usually about seven and a quarter. (laughs) Graham, acolyte, easy listening clarinet music.
0: Here's a silly question. Any more?
2: <laughs> Nonchalant. To arrive at Butlins without prior booking.
1: <laughs> Rancor. Japanese term of abuse.
3: <laughs> Disappear. To insult a lord. <laughs> Hoarding.
1: Prostitutes' microwave.
2: <laughs> Contraband. US-backed counter-revolutionary orchestra. <laughs> Indelible. Person who cannot be persuaded to eat bagels. <laughs> Scarf. (laughs) To eat in Knightsbridge. (laughs) (coughs)
3: Idiomatic. Ugandan washing machine.
2: (laughs) Quattrocento. Person who's seen Susie Quattro 15 times.
3: (laughs) Fragrant. A sweet-smelling tramp.
1: Flatulence Emergency vehicle that picks you up After you've been run over by a steamroller
3: <laughs> Mercy, mercy Titillate Delayed puberty <laughs>
0: We're going to move on now to a musical game called One Song to the Tune of Another. (laughs) That very title radiates such pure simplicity that nothing but the feeblest intellect would require further explanation. So what happens, team, is this. (laughs) We take a song and split it into its two main components, the words and the tune. Try to think of the song as an ordinary everyday object, like, oh, I don't know, a nuclear particle accelerator, for example. <laughs> this handy gadget is basically only two components, the linear cyclotron and the elemental betatron, and you hardly need me to explain what they do, teams. As you know, these can be realigned in such a way that particle beams are split suprasegmentally rather than by relativistic modulation. <laughs> And I know exactly what you're thinking team, surely that configuration creates a proton synchronizer. Exactly, exactly. Full marks, well done. But there's another component we haven't touched on. Anyone? That's right, the plug. How many times have you tried to use your particle accelerator only to find you've forgotten to plug it in? That's why so many atomic research establishments take on someone whose sole job it is to perform that menial repetitive task requiring a minimum skill base and little or no training. Even then, there are those who fail the interview and are forced into casual employment elsewhere. <laughs> at the piano, please welcome Colin <laughs> OK, Barry, we'll start with you. Will you please sing the words of Tennyson's lovely lyric, Come Into the Garden, Maud, to the tune you know, of Down at the Old Bull and Bush.
1: Come, come, come into the garden, Maud, for the black night has flown... Come, come, come into the garden, morn. I'm here at the gate alone. Na, 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 na. And the woodbine spices are wafted abroad, and the musk of the rose is blown. For a breeze of morning moves, and the planet of love is on high. Push, push. <laughs>
0: Okay, Linda, now, will you please sing the words of Bob the Builder's Can We Fix It? (laughs) to the tune of Climb Every Mountain.
2: Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Bob the Builder, yes, we can. Scoop, block, and dizzy, and roll. Too lofty and windy jo in the crew Bob and the guy have so much fun working together. (laughs) They get I'd appreciate all oh, those years I spent as a nun.
0: <laughs> Me too. Now you, Tim, will you sing the words of the recent hit Who Let the Dogs Out to the tune of the Toreador song? <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Who
4: let the dogs out? Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? woof, 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 woof. woof. Who let the dogs out? Woof, 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 woof. Who let the dogs out?
3: Well, the party was nice. The party was pumping. I agree. ho! Everybody having a ball. Yip are young
0: And finally, Graham. Will you please sing the words of David Bowie's Space Oddity to the tune of Charles Aznavour's lovely song, She?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Commencing countdown engines on Check ignition and may God's love be with you (laughs) This is ground control to Major Tom you really made the grade And the papers want to know whose shirt you wear (laughs) Now it's time to leave the capsule if you dare. For here am I sitting in a tin can. Far above the world, planet Earth is blue and there's nothing I can do.
0: Okay, let's try something else with a new game called Agony Arms. The undisputed Queen of the Agony Arts must surely be Claire Rayner, who sent us one of her answers to a genuine embarrassing problem. To preserve anonymity, we'll call the writer Mr X. Claire responds, Dear Barry X of (Laughter) No, lovey, I don't think you're suffering from Tourette's syndrome, but in the unlikely event you are invited back again to speak to the ladies of the Cunningham Hunt. Try not... <laughs> Try not to drink 14 pints of lager first. Inspired by Claire's efforts, our game is a test of the team's skills at agony auntie. I shall provide a selection of actual answers to readers' letters and the teams will use their counselling judgement to imagine what the real inquiry might have been. And, Barry, the first agony answer is for you. You've only known this lad for a month and already he's asking you for sex. Drop him like a hot potato.
1: (laughs) My boyfriend likes to cover himself with grated cheese. (laughs) Chilli and other toppings. Shall I continue to see him? Barry X
0: (laughs) Tim what might this be the answer to before you panic keep in mind that teenagers have irregular cycles (laughs) (laughs) help my children keep falling off their bikes (laughs) Linda what could this be the answer to what do you want the poor bloke to do Sit in a vat of hair-removing cream for a week. Give him a break.
2: My fantasy is for my boyfriend to sit in a vat of hair-removing cream. (laughs) But he prefers to eat Kit Kats all day. What should we do?
0: Well, the real answer is I've been going out with my boyfriend for a month and have recently discovered he's an extremely hairy bum. (laughs) I've never been out with a bloke like this. Is it normal? (laughs) Graham, what's this the answer to? I would tell him it's not in the least bit disgusting. It's natural and normal. You could also say that he's just jealous and doesn't like to think that you're revealing yourself to anyone else other than him.
3: My boss, Tony, says I ought to be ashamed to show my face in public. (laughs) Photo enclosed, what do you think, Robin Cook?
0: (laughs) Here's one for anyone. What could this be the answer to? Your nipples will toughen naturally. You'll probably notice the... Oh, good heavens. (laughs) (laughs) you'll probably notice the pigment darkening around them. If you want to massage them with wheat oil and splash them with cold water twice a day, that's up to you.
2: (laughs) I know it's wrong, but I'm insanely jealous of a young colleague with an ample bosom. She's the centre of attention. To compete with her, I've started going bra-less, but I'm experiencing some discomfort... Yours chafingly, Alan Titchmarsh.
0: (laughs) Finally, what could this be the answer to? Dim the lights, dress in his favourite sexy outfit, prepare some delicious food, and don't take no for an answer.
1: My name is John Prescott, and for some time, I've been trying to see the Prime Minister with no success. (laughs)
0: The next round is called Clanger Theatre and was inspired by the moon-based antics of those TV favourites, the Clangers. I've had some classic excerpts from stage and screen transcribed for the teams to reenact. Actually, Tim Brook Taylor might be at something of an advantage in this round as he's toured recently in a production of Othello, where everyone enjoyed his Cassio. Who'd have thought Desdemona's death scene could be livened up with a cheap electric organ? (Laughter) Okay, the the first scene is from Harold Pinter's The Caretaker, featuring Tim as Mick and Linda as a clanger playing the part of Aston.
3: Okay, you ready? You still got that leak? (laughs) From the roof, eh? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to tow it over? What? <laughs> You'll be tarring over the cracks on the roof. <laughs> and what do you do? I mean, when the bucket's full. <laughs> <laughs> you never. <laughs> <laughs>
0: huh, well, you made that pick. I didn't get all Tim's bits, I must say. (laughs) Your turn now, Barry and Graham. You'll be performing a scene from When Harry Met Sally, featuring Barry in the Billy Crystal role and Graham as the clanger in the role of Meg Ryan.
1: What do you mean I'm a front to all women? I don't hear anyone complain. I think they have an okay time. What do you mean, how do I know? I know. What are you saying? Did they fake orgasm? Well, they haven't faked it with me. You don't think that I could tell the difference? Get out of here. Are you okay? What she's having.
4: <laughs>
0: well, I must say, I've recently become concerned about the amount of gratuitous, sexually explicit material that's broadcast these days. Lovemaking isn't something for public display. It's a heavenly gift, a beautiful personal experience of adoration to be cherished privately between you and whoever you're doing it to in the back of the car. <laughs> but this problem isn't restricted just to speech as certain songs can also be offensive with this in mind teams I brought along a selection of singles which have somehow escaped the censor's ear which I'd like you to clean up by means of your buzzers to make them fit for broadcast so I'll play in a medley of famous songs and if you notice any filth teams I'd be grateful if you'd be kind enough to buzz it out
1: Put your sweet lips a little closer
3: to the... Let's pretend that we're together all
4: alone.
3: I'll tell the man to turn the jukebox way down low. And you can tell your friend there have
1: to <laughs> Unf-
3: <laughs> that's what you are Unf- an <laughs>
1: Go oh, near or far. Maybe I didn't
4: quite as good as I should have.
3: Maybe I didn't quite as often as I could have.
1: Little things I should have said and done I just never took the time
0: Explore now the rich tapestry that is the English language. The game is a test of the team's knowledge of similes. Do you know there are some ignorant souls who don't know the difference between a simile and a metaphor? Well, the difference is easy. A simile is a figure of speech that expresses the resemblance of one thing to another by reference to an unrelated subject, whereas a metaphor is a system of signalling using flags. (laughs) In this this speed test, I'll read out the first part of a simile and the teams must complete as many as possible within the time limit. Okay, Tim and Linda, you're going to start. Your time starts now. As camp as...
2: Boxing. (laughs) As
3: As black as... Your hat, if you happen to be wearing a very black hat on a very dark night. (laughs) As boring as... You and yours. (laughs) Here, here. As brown as... You want my nose to be, Hump.
2: <laughs> as daft as... George W. Brush. <laughs>
0: as deaf as... What? A <laughs> quarter past three. As nutty... <laughs> as nutty as... Squirrel droppings. <laughs> as nervous as...
2: And Robinson at an I-Stedford.
0: As naked as?
2: A northern lad going out for the night in the middle of winter. <coughs>
0: time up. Oh, well done, Linda. Very good. Your turn now, Barry and Graham. Will you complete these similes? Your time starts now. <clears throat> as cold as?
1: Well, I told a bear's truss. <laughs> As black as Michael Jackson's baby
3: photos. As, as drunk as possible. <laughs> as, as plain as non self raising flour. <laughs> as pretty as Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen thinks he is. <laughs> as quiet as the gravy. <laughs> as flat as. Nicholas Soames' girlfriend. <laughs> as slippery as? As slippery as a well buttered ice rink. <laughs> as high? Uh, as high
1: as? A giraffe's vasectomy.
3: <laughs> as long as? He needs <laughs> me.
0: <clears throat> a well buttered ice rink. Well, look. Yes. Well, I notice it's very nearly time to say goodbye, but not before we squeeze in a specialist Radio Times round. Samantha has to nip away to be photographed for a double-page feature in the Radio Times. The editor says, in case she needs any touching up, he wants to inspect her spread on his desk first. (laughs) So while she's away doing that, I'll ask the teams to suggest programmes that might be listed in a special Spanish edition of the Radio Times. Graham, will you start, please? Dad's Armada.
3: (laughs) Balearic Kiss (laughs) Angel. A Granada production.
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought it was the BBC. (laughs) Julio wants to be a millionaire.
2: (laughs) The Man in the Iron Basque.
3: Third Rioja from The Sun. Drop
1: the Dead Don Quixote
2: <laughs> Seville Tapas and Hunters Club
3: <laughs> And on Radio 4, Jose in Parliament
1: <laughs> Charlie no. dimmett has got a show, Mucho Grassy Arse <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hacienda Part 1 One from the archives, El Cid and Doris Waters.
2: Man about the house of Bernarda Alba. <laughs>
1: they think it's Cordoba.
3: <laughs> and never mind the, the Balearics.
4: The to Juan. Sorry.
3: The Hereth Springer Show.
0: <laughs> A kind of uh, Springer Espanol. Oh. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the hot custard of time dribbles down the spotty dick of destiny, <laughs> and the clumsy nurse of fate is deafened by the screaming patient of eternity, I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team, Samantha and myself, and the good folk of Sheffield, it's goodbye.